0: Okay, now over to Martin, um, for your
1: part, Martin. I'm using some prayers here, uh, written by uh, Nick Borsett, who's a Baptist minister and is a devotional and reflective writer. So let's pray. So many are worried, Lord, calm their fears. So many are hurting, tend their wounds. So many are grieving, comfort them. So many are lonely, assure them of your presence. So many are vulnerable, protect them. So many are struggling to make ends meet, provide for them. So many are despairing, encourage them. So many are sick, heal them. So many are seeking to bring help to those infected, equip and enable them. So many are looking to defeat this disease, guide them. So many are in need, Lord, and so many more soon will be. Father, reach out to them in love, in tenderness, in mercy, and see them safely through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> so we now
0: have um, a screen coming up, which is a song that, actually, it turns out, is in Songs of Fellowship 6, so we will be using it when we're all backing air building. Um but it was one that was brought to our attention. So we thought we'd just share it with you. I I was going to try and learn it in time. Week's been one of those weeks, but um, so we're going straight to the YouTube um, version of it. So just one moment.
2: Oh, spread your wings of mercy over me, and God, my heart, with true humility, no shadow of the darkness pressing in, only the holy of shadow will, unto me. will I seek my God alone. No hiding place save only at your throne. Only the cross, the blood to wash my hands. No burden on my back too hard to bear. Only the easy Lord you bid me away, Until these troubles pass, my heart is free. Praise for the home we the share. i <laughs>
1: And now over to Martin. Let's pray. Lord, to those shaken and confused, grant guidance. To those frightened of what they may have to face, grant reassurance. To those worried they may be showing symptoms of infection, grant wisdom to take the appropriate steps. To those most at risk whose health is taking a turn for the worst, grant quality care and healing. To those troubled about critically ill loved ones, grant help to believe the best. Lord, to those wrestling with the bitterness of bereavement, grant comfort and hope, even amid the tears. To all engulfed or overwhelmed by the impact of this crisis that has fallen so heavily upon us, grant the knowledge that however much it may seem otherwise, you are with us, sharing our pain, our heartache and our fear. And that, come what may, your love for all will continue. But, Lord, we do want to thank you for answered prayers in this season. Father, we give you glory and thanks for Janine and her amazing result yesterday. But, Lord, we do pray uh, for those who continue to to face treatment at this time. Especially, Lord, we pray for for Pat with her uh, ongoing treatment. We pray that you would uh, grant her healing in the hospital visits that she needs to continue to make. Give her strength and Ernie too, Lord, at this time we pray. And Lord, for all those others in our fellowship who are, who are needing prayer at this time, we think especially of baby Oliver. And Lord, we lift him before you. And Father, we cry out to you for healing for him, that you would uh, take away the sickness that he has. Jesus, thank you for your holy overshadowing. Thank you that your grace watches over us and surrounds us, and that your angel encamps around us. Lord, for all our family members, both in the church and further afield, we do ask that you would protect them, and that your holy overshadowing would be with them. We ask this in and through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Our uh, reading this morning is taken from uh, Luke uh, chapter 21, verses 5 to 36. I hope uh, you can follow along in your Bibles. It's Luke chapter 21, verses 5 to 36. And um, context of this passage is Jesus is speaking to his disciples in front of uh, the rather impressive rebuilt Jerusalem temple. And he's talking about events near and events far into the future. And uh, in the, the initial conversation is about the fact that the Jerusalem temple will be destroyed by the Romans. But then Jesus uses that as an illustration of what will happen in the far distant future when uh, he returns. Um, there will be even more of a, of a shaking of the earth's foundation than even when the Romans uh, destroy the temple. So here we begin uh, with verse 5 through to 36. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this they will seize you and persecute you, they will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name, and so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city, for this is the time of punishment in fulfilment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world or the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all this that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, a two-edged sword which has power to divide joints and marrow. And Lord, we submit to it now, and we ask that you would speak to us through it. Help us, Lord, not just to be hearers of your word, but to do it, to obey it, to submit to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um. So all four of us have been in uh, quarantine uh, this week. Um, fortunately, uh, other than myself, all the, all the other three um, are now able to get out and about. But they've all uh, had symptoms of uh, COVID nineteen. Um, unfortunately, my punishment for not getting COVID nineteen is that um, I have fourteen days uh, to do rather than seven. Um, so, but there we go. That's uh, that's my uh, that's my penance, if you like. But. Uh, I'd just like to thank the church family on behalf of us uh, as a family for all your incredible support and help. We've had um, milk and uh, food, even chocolate, uh, put on the doorstep. Uh, So thank you so much for your kindness um, to us, uh, for your prayers, for your loving support. Uh, We're really uh, incredibly bowled over uh, with that. But I hope you're doing that, uh, not just for us, but for for lots of other people in the church and uh, in the community. Uh, this is what church is about, isn't it? Um, looking out for one another, loving one another, not just in prayer, but in practical ways too. So let's be, let's be the church uh, for one another. Let's continue to uh, pick up the phone. Do you remember the phone? That thing that you can uh, speak on? And let's, let's lift that up and uh, have a conversation with somebody. Dial them up, talk to them. Don't wait for somebody to call you. Um, pick up the phone and call them um you know the more that we can talk to each other the better we I don't know about you but I crave human contact in this season um I really 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 miss um seeing you all in the flesh and this is great isn't it uh this is the next best thing but I would love to be able to to talk to you face to face but we'll have to make do with with zoom for the time being won't we but uh it's that strange season isn't it when uh Jesus says in the prodigal you know in the, the 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 parable of the Good Samaritan, we're we're supposed to go towards people, um, but I find myself having to cross the street. Um, We were walking down uh, the street the other day, and there was a jogger and a cyclist coming towards us, and Sarah said, "Uh, should we cross over? I said, yeah, we better, and I find myself doing the opposite these days of what what Jesus uh, told me to do, Uh, but there we go. We, We live in strange days. I'm learning what it means to pray, Lord's Prayer for the first time Now, what I mean by that is I've never really understood give us today our daily bread Um, but this last week that prayer has become really uh, urgent for us as a family because we literally um, couldn't leave the house so when Jesus taught us to pray give us today our daily bread um, we were literally waiting for deliveries of bread and milk from kind people um, in the church. So that prayer took on a whole new meaning for us. Um, I actually understood it for the first time. Normally, if we're short of bread, it's, uh, you know, up to walk, quick walk down to Co-op or jump in the car up to Tesco. None of that has been possible this last week. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm learning what it means to live hand to mouth as well. Also, I'm sure you'd all want to join with me in other urgent prayers at this time. Uh, I mean urgent prayers for our NHS workers wasn't it wasn't it a joy to stand outside the house on Thursday night and hear all the clapping and the, the bells ringing and the car horns hooting um, our neighbor who's a nurse was so bowled over with that um, she, she just was really moved by the support of the local community and uh, you know let let's continue to pray for, for uh, nurses public health workers doctors um they're, they are the heroes at this time, aren't they? As are teachers and uh, people who work in supermarkets and uh, it's been wonderful to see all the rainbows around the community on uh, on windows, hasn't it? And People have uh, really embraced uh, the, the rainbow as a sign of hope which is, of course in Genesis was what it always was meant to be and we're walking around the community we've seen lots of houses where children have painted a rainbow on the window or on a, on a board outside and have have just put comments about. Thank you to the NHS. Thank you to the supermarket staff. Thank you to all of the the people that have that are keeping the country going. That these are the heroes and uh, the, using the rainbow as a sign of hope and and of thanks at this time. There's no doubt that this is a, a time when communities are coming together in 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 ways we that we've never seen before. I mean, we've seen the worst of of. Humanity, haven't we, in in stockpiling, etc. But I think we've also seen some of the best of humanity in recent days too. And it calls it calls you to reflect, just not just on the best and worst of humanity, but on God Himself. You know, what is God doing and saying to us in these days? What is God saying to us individually? What's He saying to His Church? What's He saying to the nation? Uh, What's He saying to the world? And my daughter the other day said. I just wonder if God's given the, the world a bit of a breather um, and what she meant by that that was the uh, canals apparently in, in Venice have all cleared and would you believe there's fish can be seen swimming around in the canals in Venice and uh, she just made the point you know maybe maybe uh, God has given his world his beautiful creation a bit of a, a bit of time out from from our pollution etc I think there's some truth in that. Um, what have you been doing? I hope you've been doing your homework. I hope you've been phoning around. I hope you've been looking out for, for people in your neighbourhood and in the church. I hope you've been having some conversations with people that perhaps you wouldn't normally. Um, we all need one another, don't we? we? We all need to bear one another's burdens at this time. I need you. You need me. So let's, uh, let's contact one another. Don't wait uh, for somebody to contact you. Pick up the phone and uh, contact somebody else. I think this is a time also for reflecting on our relationship with God. Um, As I was thinking about that, um, literally Luke 21 came into my mind last week, and I was reminded of Jesus' words in verses 10 and 11, where he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Jesus is talking here about the time between his ascension when he went back to heaven and the time when he would come again as in glory as the son of man. And uh, so that's not just the time of the disciples, that's our time too. We live between the ascension of Jesus back to heaven and the coming of Jesus again to earth. So these words apply to us as well as to the disciples. And Jesus is prophesied, predicted that there would be earthquakes, famines and pestilences. So Jesus would not be surprised by our COVID-19 outbreak today, because he prophesied it. He said that these things would happen before he came again. And in fact, um, a quick search on Wikipedia this week revealed that there have actually been many plagues and pestilences since Jesus spoke these words. Um, nine influenza pandemics during the last 300 years. I'm sure you're aware of the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, the worst recorded in history. That pandemic was estimated to be responsible for the deaths of approximately 50 to 100 million people. So we've been this way before, and Jesus prophesied that these things would happen. And in fact, as we heard last week, pandemics occurred in the early church. Um, In the third century, Historians recorded that the church grew and prospered because of the way that it looked after the sick in the community. In fact, the church grew rapidly because it became known for caring for others. They put love into action by caring for their neighbours. And uh, of course, we know that the church uh, set up the, the very first hospitals. So what message does Jesus want to give to his disciples and to us today about the fact that through this pandemic, the foundations of our world are being shaken. Well, we need to look a little bit at the context of the passage. Jesus is speaking prophetically about the coming destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. So in verse six, he says, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Now, the disciples were rather impressed with the Jerusalem temple. Um, It was a spectacular architectural achievement, massive stones, lavish furniture and a perimeter about a mile long. Now, I've been walking around the church this last week because I've had no I can't go anywhere else. Um, And uh, I think it was 45 perimeters of the church to to do 10,000 steps. Now, you wouldn't have to do too many circuits of the Jerusalem temple to get your 10,000 steps in. It was that big. But to interpret this passage, we need to understand that Jesus alternates between speaking about the near future of the destruction of the temple in AD 70 by the Romans and the distant future. Um, In verses 7 to 11, Jesus uses the destruction of the temple as a mirror or a foreshadowing of what will take place between his ascension and his coming again in glory. And Jesus does this deliberately because he wants to make the point to the disciples and to us that nothing in this world is permanent. Even the impressive looking temple will be, will be destroyed by the Romans. It might look immovable, and, uh, but it won't be. It will be subject to great destruction when the Romans invaded a few years later. And um, even the Roman Empire itself, that, which looked invisible for hundreds of years, would come to an end. And Jesus predicted this in verse 10 nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And it, I feel that that's what God may be doing. He's, he's shaking the foundations of our world. We, we have a world in which um, technological development has taken us to incredible uh, achievements. Um, who, can, who can fail to be impressed by this mini computer that most of us carry around in our pockets now called a smartphone? There's not much you can't do on this mini mini computer now, is there? And thank God for this technology, like Zoom and and mobile phones, where we can link up with anybody from around the world. Thank God for that. New technology itself is neutral. It can be used for good, but it also can be a bit of a distraction. Um, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you have ways as well of filling your time, not so constructively with technology. We can use it as a, a distraction to fill the space to stay busy, and even to avoid kind of reflecting and asking bigger questions about life. And I feel that God is sort of shaking the foundations, not this time of the temple, but of our lives. And he wants, as it were, to get through to us. He wants to to shake us out of our independence, our sort of desire to, to think that we've got everything under control is being challenged, isn't it? You know, our, our technological advancements are incredible. Our ability to communicate with one another globally is amazing. But this structure that we've built is so fragile, and it, it's as though God is wanting to say, you guys, you might think you're the center, you might think you're in control, but actually I'm sovereign, and um, always have been, and always will be. And I believe that God is shaking the foundations He's seeking to break through our independence, our pride, our rejection of him. He's calling the world to recognize that he's the only source of hope. He's the only source of life, that he's the only one who is ultimately in control. Human beings may think we are, but God is sovereign. It's his world, Uh, as the old children's song used to say. He's got the whole world in his hands. And Jesus tells us at the time between his ascension and his coming again will be marked by famines, earthquakes, wars, and pestilence, or plagues. And in Matthew 24, Jesus describes all these catastrophes as the beginning of birth pains. What did he mean? Well, just as birth pains signal uh, the future hope of of a new birth, so these are signs in creation. Famines, wars, pestilences are signs in creation, birth pains, that a new birth is coming. But when Jesus returns for the final time, he will bring about a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no more mourning, no more suffering, no more pain, no more death, no more crying, no more sorrow. But for now, we live with the reality of birth pains. We have a creation that ever since the fall is subject to decay and death and birth pains. And Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans. Um, chapter 8, talks about uh, these uh, birth pains in creation. He says in verse 19, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. So the, the worldwide um, pandemic that we're experiencing is part of the groaning of creation that Jesus prophesied would, would happen. So God is not caught out or caught by surprise by coronavirus or any other um catastrophes that happen around the world. Jesus prophesied that they would happen. So how then um, are we to live uh, in these times? Well Jesus tells us in uh, Luke 21 uh, verse 19 he gives us a word of hope and he says this, stand firm and you will win life. What Jesus is saying there is have confidence that God is sovereign and in control. There is nothing happening today or in the future that is outside of God's sovereign will. Out, There's nothing that catches God by surprise. Jesus prophesied it all, and he wants us to be sure and certain and to stand firm in the promises of God. You know, we have incredible promises, don't we? Um, Jesus is coming again, And in Revelation 21 and 22, you can read it all there. But when Jesus comes for the final time, he will renew the whole creation. The creation will be set free from famines, earthquakes, death, decay, pestilence. And God's people will go to live in a new heaven and a new earth that will be liberated from all these birth pains, from all this groaning. There'll be no more COVID-19. There'll be no more earthquakes, famines, earthquakes for the whole creation will be set free and will be liberated. And these birth pains are signs that God's um, plan is working itself out. God has not lost control of the world. Jesus is coming again, and Jesus will restore the whole creation. So we can stand firm with hope. We can look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. We can be people of hope. And we can be people who share this hope with others who have no hope at this time. But it's also a time to live holy lives. It's also a time to um, come back to our first love. Um, Jesus says at the end of the passage um, in Luke uh, 21 and verse uh, 34, he says this, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. The return of Jesus will be sudden and for many unexpected. And many will be caught out like a trap. They won't be able to escape God's judgment. But we have the knowledge, don't we? God has given us the knowledge of of his promises, the hope of a new heaven and a new earth. So we can live debt today In the expectation of that future glory, we can live holy lives, submitted to, committed to, um, and obedient to the teachings of Jesus, ready and prepared for his return. Um, I don't know about you, but I want to stand before the Son of Man on that day and hear those wonderful words Well done, good and faithful servant. This is a day not for fear, this is a day not for conjecture about um, or conspiracy theories, this is a day. To remember that Jesus is sovereign and that he's coming again and that he calls you and I to live holy lives in obedience and submission to his will in preparedness for that day when he comes again um, but i just like to say this it's also a day to make Jesus known it's also a day to share the hope that we have we want others surely don't we to be able to stand before the son of man and hear those words well done good and faithful servant come and inherit All of your master's inheritance. We want others to come to know Jesus Christ, the giver of life, the one who gives life, not just in this life, but for eternity. So let's get the message out there. Let's use social media to share the hope of our Christian faith with family and friends and the wider community. Let's get the message out there. We have good news to share with the world. We can help people prepare. the coming again of Jesus. This is not a day for us as Christians to be anxious as the world is anxious. It's the day to focus on, meditate on the promises of God. Um, Why don't we commit to reading scripture? Um, You know, perhaps read the big story of scripture again. Let's root ourselves in the promises of God. God is good. God is sovereign. God is faithful. God is in control. God has a plan for each one of us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you prophesied all of these things would take place. And thank you that you are coming again to bring about a new heaven and a new earth. Thank you, Father, that you're in control, that the whole world is in your hands. That we, Lord, we may not know entirely what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future, and that's you, Lord. And we pray that you fill us with peace, you fill us with joy, you fill us with strength. And Lord, give us the desire to share the good news. Of Jesus, with with those around us, through whatever medium we can, that others would come to know Christ and be ready for his coming. And Lord, we pray for our nation, that you would turn the hearts of your people back to you. Lord, we pray that in these days of reflection, that people's hearts would turn back to you, that hearts that have grown cold and calloused and have rejected you, Lord, would be softened and would seek you out. And help us, Lord, to be ready to have those conversations with people who are looking for answers people who are wondering what this is all about lord help us to point them to christ for in his name we ask it amen over to steve
0: Hey, thank you, Martin. Right, so only one thing to do really on this. Um, uh, right, so thought we'd finish with a rip roaring hymn. So, those of us who, let's just sing, let's just give God the glory. Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he bled and died Ooh. to buy my pardon,
1: an empty grave is there to prove my Saviour there. we haven't got a PowerPoint now. Have we got a problem? We haven't got a PowerPoint.
0: Okay, okay. just a minute then, let's start again. Thanks, <laughs> Just a minute. Okay, so we've lost, I've lost the sharing options. Yeah. Let's try again. That's it. Hey, let's start again. Son. They called him, called him Jesus to love, he'll have He bled and died by my pardon. An empty grave is there to pray. My Savior lives because he lives i can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because i know he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives, but greater still the calm assurance this child can face in certain days because he lives because he lives i can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because i know the future, and life is worth living just because he lives, and then one day, I'll cross the river, I'll fight life's final war with pay. and then as death gives way to victory, I see the lights and glory, and I know he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all oh, fear is gone, because I know he holds a future, and life is worth living, just because he lives he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all fear is God, because I know he owns the future, and life is worth living, just because he lives. Amen. Over to you, Martin, to finish.
1: Thank you, Steve. I'm just going to read uh, a blessing from uh, Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.